הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שבדורנו לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שוכני עפר קדוש אשר בארץ המה. ובבחן לרבנו הקדוש צדיק יסוד עולם נחל נובע מכוח חוכמה רבנו נחמן פגם את שמחה נא נח נחמן 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 זכותו תגן עלינו והכל יזכה לאמן. ברוך השם, today we start תורה פ"ב. ליגוד המורן, and we'll finish it, God willing. ליגוד המורן תניאנה. תורה 82. כי תצא למלחמה וכולי, תצא זה דברים. chapter 21. When you go to war, על אוהביך against your enemies, etc. etc. Now, see what Rabbeinu has to say. כתיב, it's written. אחור וקדם צרתני. Back and front you formed me. It says in Tehilim, chapter 139. זה בחינת כסדר ושלא כסדר. This represents order and disorder. When things are in its proper place and when things are a little bit confused, confounded. Kedem, who b'chinat kesedah. When it says achor ve'kedem, what is kedem? It's the front, the front side. Back and front you formed it, right? So the front is the aspect of order. B'chinat alef bet kesedah, whenever the alphabet, the alef bet, when it goes in order. Alef bet, gimel, dalet, hey, vav, zayin, going in order in the alphabet. But back represents Tashchak, going from the last letter of the Aleph Bet um, to the front. Tashchak, going, uh, going to the last letter and then retreating backwards. That's Tashchak. Taf, Shin, Resh, Kuf, and then going back all the way to Aleph. This represents disorder. This represents Adam and Chaba. Adam represents order and Chaba represents disorder. הוויה במילוי על פין גימטריה מה? אדם. If you take the, the letters יוד כה ווו כה, the main uh, name of הקדוש ברוך הוא, and you expand these, each and every letter, spelling each letter as a word, basically יוד, אז יוד ווו דלד, and now רבנו teaches us what? If you expand it in the אלף expansion, which means that all the filled letters, whenever, for example, whenever we write the hey, there's יוד ווו דלד, Then there's hey, you can spell hey yud, hey aleph, hey hey. Rabbeinu is teaching us if you fill the expansion with the aleph form, so it's yud vav dalet, hey aleph, vav aleph vav, hey aleph. That's the numerical value of 45, which is the numerical value of which word? Adam. So we see Adam represents kesedech. Mechava hu b'chinaz malchut peh. Mechava represents malchut, the kingship. It's peh, malchut peh, as we know in Tikkun Ezoach. Malchut is the last Sfirah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's the last of the Sfirot. The last of the ten Sfirot. The last of the ten um, um, divine attributes, basically. And Malchut connotes the mouth. What is the mouth? It's the Torah Shebaal Peh we're referencing. The Torah which is taught orally by the mouth. So Malchut is called Torah Shebaal Peh. She's called the Torah Shebaal Peh. So, Chava Lashon Dibur. Chava represent speech. כמו שכתוב בצד תהילים, chapter 19, ולילה ללילה יחוודת. Night declares tonight with knowledge. Night, tonight speaks out knowledge. יחווה means to declare, to speech, to speak. So we see יחווה comes to the word חווה, the name חווה. So חווה represents speech. And what did we say? It's מלכות פה. חווה represents kingship, as we know. The woman always represents מלכות. And what is מלכות? It's פה, the mouth, which is speech. So now we, רבנו connects everything together. הנו מלכות פה. So we see חווה is יחווה, which is מלכות פה. מלכות, which is the mouth. כי מלכות נקרא דיבור, because מלכות is called speech. על שם כי אין מלך בלא עם. 
Why? Because there's no king without a nation. That's Malchut. Malchut comes from the word Melech, king. So there's no king without a nation. And the nation does not know the will of God unless the king himself reveals his thought and his will within speech. When he manifests his will and his thought in the aspect of speech. That's whenever we're able to serve him. So there's no king without a nation. And what does it mean to really become a nation to God is whenever God's will is um, brought into speech. So we see that the, the essential execution of God's kingship is only created through the aspect of speech. This is an explanation. Whenever it says, meaning what? That God's, God's kingship can only be um, manifested through his mouth, through the mouth, through speech, basically. And this we see. Some things. That's, sorry, sometimes things go unordinarily for a person. Something, things go the way that they weren't supposed to. Because the perfection of all things is only when those things are united and bound to God Himself. Because the perfection and the fullness of a thing is its life force. Because a limb which has no chiyut, no vitality, a limb which has no force, life force, is called cheschon, something missing. It's lacking something. And what is the life force of everything? It's the intelligence. It's the intellect. It's the mentalities of that thing. It says, and we teach this in the lesson one of the Moran. That wisdom brings life to its owner, meaning wisdom is the, the, the fullness of that thing, of every single object. Meaning the intelligence behind that object is what makes it complete. What is wisdom? It's the, connoted by the aspect of ma, the word ma. Why? Because what's ma? Koach ma. As Badan al-Zohar Kadosh in Etz Chaim also. Um, that what? Chochma is upon the word koach ma. The strength of what? Meaning what? Mechayinu ma kochenu. What is our vitality? What is our strength? As it's brought down in that verse, in Tfilat Shacharit, we bring um, in the Korbanot, in the beginning of Tfilat Shacharit, we say, Mechayenu, Makochenu, Makuratenu, etc., etc. So, Mechayenu, what is our life force? Makochenu. What is our strength? Makochenu, Makoach, which is what? Chokhmah. Take Mix around the letters, you get Chokhmah. And what is Chokhmah? It's Mechayenu, it's our vitality. So, we see that Chokhmah is the vitality of every single thing. Umahu Adam, and what is Ma? The aspect of what, which literally translates to what. What is ma? What? It's Adam. It's the man. Ma has the same numerical value as Adam, man. Ki let Adam below Aleph. Because the word Adam cannot exist without the letter Aleph. There's no Adam without the letter Aleph. It is brought down in the Hagdama of Tikkun Let Adam below Aleph. And we saw this idea in Lesson 6 of Likuta Moran. This idea that what? Let Kavod bela Kav. There's no Kavod without the Kav. Same is true of Adam. There's no Adam without Aleph. What did that mean? There's no Adam without the letter, without the Kevavke in the expansion of Alfin with the Aleph. Meaning what? There's no Adam unless you expand Yud Kevavke in the expansion that we talked about with the Aleph, which is Yod Vav Dalet, Hey Aleph, Vav Aleph, Vav Hey Aleph, which comes out numerically to 45, which is the same numerical value as Adam. Hainu. 
So Nach Rabbeinu explains this in practicality. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Chiyut Shad Kol Advarim, God is, in itself, is Himself the life force of all matter, all things. Kemo Shekatubah, it says, V'yata Mechayet Kodam, You bring life to all, to everything. Nimtza, we find, Zota Bechina Malchut Chava, we see that when Chava and Malchut, Chava, which represents kingship, Shein Yikoshar Adam, when it's bound to Adam, Nifchinat Ma, which is Ma, the aspect of what? It's the same numerical value as Adam. Meaning when you bind it to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when you bind kingship to God, then it has completion. Then it has perfection. Um, because God's intellect in which He placed within the, the way He conducts the world, with this intellect basically, He brings life into His kingship. Meaning that intellect is the driving life force behind his kingship. It says that, God, that wisdom brings life. Meaning the life force of all his kingship, of basically which we explained is Chava, the woman, comes through what? The aspect of Adam, which is Yud Kevavke, which is God himself. But really what? That God planted his wisdom within each and everything. So his kingship is brought to life by his, God's wisdom. And this is what it says. The earth and all its inhabitants belong to God. All its inhabitants, all that which fills it. Meaning what? The milui, the, the completion. Which is the perfection. Meaning when the earth, as it says in the verse, when the earth, which is kingship and malchut, um, which is chava, as we said, it's brought down in the Zohar, that the aret is malchut, as we know. The earth represents kingship, which is the female principle. Chava, the first woman. So when uh, the earth, which is Chava and Malchud, it's bound to God, then it's in its fullness and its completion. It's in the verse, when Ha'achet is attached to La Hashem, it's Umro'a, it's perfect. It's Bimro'o, it's in its perfect state. But one who splits off the aspect of Chavan kingship for himself. Shomer, that he says, Ana emloch, I will rule. Now Rabban was teaching us that what does it mean to split off kingship from God's intellect, from God himself? Meaning what? It's whenever you want to take kingship for yourself. You want to take honor and all this authority for yourself. When you want to do that, and you say, I will rule. With this you separate his kingship, which is the aspect of Chava, from Adam, which is HaKadosh Baruch you separate the God's kingship from it, from His essence, and then it loses its perfect perfection. Because its essential life force is ma, its aspect of what, which is what which we said is koach ma, which is chokma, the intellect. And this is what it says in Yirmiya chapter ten. Because within all the wisdom of the nations and all their kingships, there's no one like you, God. What does that mean? Perush. Let's explain. That their intellect is not as big as yours, which can bring life force to their kingships. Meaning their intellect is not big enough to bring vitality to their kingships. But whenever you basically divide kingship for yourself, then what happens? Things go improperly uh, for you. Things go in the aspect of disorder. Things don't work out the way you want them to. 
within the realm of things which are disorderly. You haven't understood God's kingship. What does it mean when things go dis- with disorder? Things are going backwards. It's not Aleph Bet Gimodal, it's Tavshin Reshkuf. Meaning things are going the way that you did not expect them to. Why? Because your will, because your kingship, you took for yourself. You tried to take, you tried to take rulership for yourself. You wanted to control things. Rather than submit yourself to God's will and Raton and bind his kingship to his intellect. Rabbanu is teaching us why things go so wrong for us. And why we have problems with the way things go is because we are not in the aspect of Kesedeh. The second we're in the aspect of Kesedeh, then things will go in the orderly fashion. But the way things go with disorder and the fact that things aren't in its proper um, the state that you want them to be is because you yourself are not in the right state. You've separated God's kingship from His essence. But whenever this aspect of Chava is bound to Adam, whenever you combine the first man and the first woman together, which is aspect of, which is just a, a small a small microcosm of what's really happening, which is God's kingship being bound to him, himself. Meaning when you bind God's divine presence to him, basically you, you're unifying the malchut to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What happens when you do such a thing? When you bind the aspect of malchut then it goes accordingly, it goes in order for you. Because wherever the masculine is present, as it says in the Zohar, the feminine isn't mentioned there. Meaning what? Because it's obvious. When you have the masculine aspect, when you have the aspect of Adam, you have encompassed within it the female. we find Meaning what? That the, the Chava, the Chava who represents disorder, is nullified before Adam, who's order. Meaning, Rabban was teaching you what it really means to be on terms with your wife also. This is a very, very deep, 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 deep lesson. Extremely practical because Rabban was teaching us advice of what it means when things don't go in order. When, uh, for example, there's Shalom Bayit problems, the secret is here. Rabban teaches us the aspect of Seder when things go in order is called the letter Yud. It's called by the letter Yud. Because kingship, which is called Dalet. Why? Because it has nothing of its own. It has nothing. Dalet, depending on the word delet, it has nothing. Meaning the kingship only reflects the light of the sun. It's, the moon only reflects the light of the sun, right? The moon has no light of its own. It's only reflecting that, the light of the sun. Meaning what? Malchut is only a vessel for receiving. It doesn't shine any of its own light. It has no light. It just receives. Malchut is called Dalet. Seder, Keseder is called Yud. And God draws to this malchut, this kingship, the vitality of wisdom, the life force of wisdom, which is called Yud. And then this is what? Whenever God draws down the sechen into the malchut, it's, you create this letter Yud Vav Dalet. Why? Yud Vav Dalet. The Yud represents the wisdom. As we just said, sechen. The Vav represents the drawing down, the bridge. And the Dal represents Malchut. Whenever wisdom is drawn into Malchut, this is you created Yud, Vav, and Dalet. And now we can explain this verse. Back and front you formed me. And you laid upon me your palm. 
Do not read it your palm, rather read it kafecha, your letter kaf. Kafecha. Meaning what? If we take the numerical value of the letter yud expanded in the way we spelled it, yud vav daler, you have the numerical value of what? Kaf. 20. So what does it mean? Back in front you formed me, and you laid upon me your what? Your kapecha, your palm, not your palm, kapecha, your kaf. Meaning whenever back and front you form me, whenever you have this aspect of back and front, when what we just explained, you have this what? This yud of the sechel. Then what happened? Then it's kafecha, then it becomes yud vavdalad, which is the numerical value of 20, which is kafecha. You place upon me your kaf, meaning what? Meaning you place upon me your aspect of intellect. You drew, you drawn upon me intellect. But when a person divides the letter dalid and draws it towards himself and draws that vitality for himself, he draws that kingship for himself without giving it to God. Then things become for him chaotic. Chaotic. Why? Because it's locus there. There's no masculine principle there, as we just explained. And this is very deep. So the more one understands what we're talking about here, the more one studies and the more one grows and purifies himself, the more he understands it. This is obviously very deep. We're just explaining it. The very, very, very basic level. So when when you separate the Dalid from the um, from this equation. What happened? Then uh, you're taking the kingship for yourself without drawing it to God. And then what happens? It becomes chaotic. Davai. Miyud nasi davai. From the letter yud, when you draw yourself the dalet, the first letter becomes a dalet. And what happens? It becomes davai. What's davai? Vezeh, it says in Yeshaya, vechol levav davai, and every heart is sick. Meaning now it's not Yud, Yud Vav Dalet, whenever you have this perfection of th- when things are drawn in its proper order, meaning the intellect is drawn to the Malchut, meaning that the kingship is not uh, Stam, it's not uh, random, the kingship. It's not for yourself, it's not uh, for your own honor. You take the kingship literally for God, that intellect is drawn within the kingship. That becomes Yud Vav Dalet. And that's what it says in the verse, back and front you form, meaning you have the back and the front, meaning what's the, the back nullifies itself to the front, which is Adam. And what happened? You place your palm on me. What's kapecha, your palm? It's kafecha, the letter kaf, meaning what's the kaf? The numerical value of yud vav dalid, which, sig- which connotes this relationship whenever intellect is bound to kingship, which is in its perfect state. When kingship has intellect, the intellect of God bound to it, is it, it's in its perfect state. But whenever it's alone, when you draw it for yourself, you rewrite the letter yud into what? Dabai. Rewrite the letter. It becomes... The opposite form, as we said above, Tashchak. It's not Aleph Bet Gimel. It's now Gimel Bet Aleph. You're rewriting the Aleph Bet into its disorderly state, which now it's no longer Yud Vav Dalad. It becomes Dalad Vav Yud. And what does Dalad Vav Yud connote? It means literally, literally sickness. Things are not in order. Because when things go chaotic for you, this is not, this is a heartache for you. This will become a heartache for you. It says, Extended longing. It's like this extended heartache. And therefore, when you see that when things are going 
disorderly for you. Rabbeinu teaches us that this is a sign that you have haughtiness. Hainu, meaning that what? Ana emloch, that you're telling yourself, I want to rule. So what does Rabbeinu teach us? The advice is, when things are going a little bit chaotic for you, you have to do teshuvah and to lower yourself. And be in the aspect of ma, what? It says, what are we? And then Chava will return to the aspect of man, man, to the aspect of what? And then this disorderly state will turn into order. As we said in the verse, back and front, meaning now they're connected. Chava is bound to Adam. It's no longer just Chava on its own. It's Chava with Adam, which is the intellect, the ma, the chokma, koach ma. And now you have the kapecha. God laid your palm, and you laid your palm upon me, God. What is the palm? It's the kaf. The letter kaf, which is the numerical value of yud. And what is yud? Yud represents the wisdom. The vav is the drawing of the wisdom, and the dalit, it represents machut. Whenever chava, kingship, is bound to Adam, which is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And this most amazing relationship, Rabban was teaching us with the deepest secret of Kabbalah, in the most practical way you can probably explain this ever. It's something beyond just to even express these words, seeing how Rabban t- takes these secrets which are so, so hidden and brings it into such a practical aspect and an aspect we can really relate to. And Rabban teaches us that the essence of Teshuvah occurs in the month of Elul. Because the month of Elul, the days of Elul, are days of favor. That Moshe went up during the month of Elul to receive the Ten, uh, the ten Commandments, the tablet, the, the second ones, the, ones the, the restored ones, the good ones. And Moshe opened up a beaten path in which to go. He conquered a new path. He showed us a new path in which to go, a pathway of Teshuvah. Moshe Rabbeinu showed us that even if he broke the first Luchot, that there's a way to receive the second one, which are just like the first, if not, they're even higher. And the way in which Moshe did this, what did he do? What did Moshe do? He bound himself, he tied himself, he attached himself to even the lowest Jew, and he gave his soul for them. He sacrificed his soul for even the lowest Jew. As it says in the verse, Kemosh Katuv, Shemot chapter 32, And if not, erase me. Please erase me. Moshe Rabbeinu told HaKadosh Baruch Hu, God, if you want to destroy the Jewish nation, okay, but erase me from your book. I want nothing to do with this. I want nothing uh, to do with your Torah then. Meaning what? Moshe Rabbeinu was telling HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I'm willing to sacrifice my soul. For every single Jew. Don't erase them. Don't, don't destroy them. Have mercy on them. And this is an explanation of what is brought down in Shemot chapter 35 by Akel Moshe. Moshe assembled. Etc. Moshe was binding and attaching himself to each and every Jew. Even the lowest Jews. And this is an explanation. Of Tehidim chapter 53. They've entirely withdrawn together. They've entirely retreated Yachdav together. And Rabban was teaching us that even each and every Jew needs to do this. He needs to follow Moshe's footsteps. Saying what? 
אפילו כשאני רואה אחד מישראל שסג מכל ואחד מהקדוש ברוך הוא, even if I see that a Jew retreats totally from God, אף על פי כן, nonetheless, צריך אני שנהיה יחדיו, as it says in the verse, I need to see that we need to be יחדיו together. That we need us to be together. Meaning, we need to bind ourselves and to attach ourselves to this person. Just like Moshe did. Even if they retreat, we're still together. Meaning, I'm still with him. Not to say that I'm retreating, but saying that I still care about him. Because there's a point of godliness even in the lowest place. The lowest, lowest point. Even the ten crowns of impurity, even in the ten spherot of impurity of the, the evil side, there's, there's godliness there. And one should fulfill his kingship rules over all, meaning that his kingship should be drawn even to the lowest place. And this represents the, the, new, the vowel point called the chirik, the point which sounds like e. And as a chirik, to draw it down below, to enthrone her over those below, to enthrone the kingship over those below. What did that mean? Meaning the chirik is this aspect of drawing down below to those places which we would think surface level don't have any godliness there, but Rabban was teaching us that what? What is the chirik? It represents drawing down God's kingship to every single place. To enthrone God's kingship over even the lowest people. Nimtza, we find, it's certain that even the lowest Jew has a point of godliness. And just through that point of godliness, I'm able to be with him together where he is. And this is what it says in the verse they've entirely withdrawn together. Meaning, meaning even one who's withdrawn, I'm with him. And Moshe had another quality. Because the greater Moshe got, he found God there. Moshe went up to God. Meaning what? Because in physicality, we see this naturally. That a person, when he's low in poverty, then he serves a God, then he serves God, and he acknowledges Him. But whenever he rises up and he gets more wealthy, he forgets Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And Rabbi has a beautiful story with regard to this. When he was traveling once with a student, Rabbi Chaykel, his brother in Kochveor, this story, and um, he was traveling with Rabbi Chaykel, and uh, they passed by one of the the followers of Rabbi Rabbeinu and Rabbi Chakir were traveling on a carriage and he sees this, they see this house of one of the students of Rabbi Nachman. And um, Rabbi Chakir told Rabbeinu, maybe we should go visit. Look how poor they are. They're literally dressing up in the curtains of their homes. They have no clothing which, with which to dress themselves. And as they see Rabbeinu and uh, Rabbi Chakir, they enter the house, they see these people literally just praying in these broken sheets of clothing. and They're just sitting and, they're just sitting and praying. And uh, Rabbi Chaykel said, Rabbeinu, you can't give them a bracha so that they can have wealth. Rabbeinu said, I have nothing for them. And Rabbi Chaykel said, uh, basically, Rabbi, if you allow me to do it, then, then I will do it. Because you won't do it. And Rabbeinu said, go, do whatever you think. 
And uh, he went. Rabbi Chaykel took literally a bucket of water and he started uh, throwing the bucket of water in the back of the house. And he started saying, Shefa la tzafon, Shefa la darom, Shefa la mizrach, Shefa la marav. Abundance to the north, to the south, to the east, and to the west. And he left. And over a few months, this man got very, very wealthy to the point where he used to spend every day of the, uh, the week in the market in Uman. And as Rabenu, Rabenu's house was literally situated on the market, the, uh, on the market. And uh, he sees this man and he calls this man. After a few months, he hadn't seen a student in a very long time, but now he sees this man, a wealthy man, working in the business. And Rabenu calls him to the house. And the man comes. And Rabenu tells him, he said, um, Did you look today at the heavens? And the man responded, no. And then Rabenu brought Rabbi Chaykel and he said, you see, what? you see what wealth can do to a person. Even when a person is serving Hashem with the utmost sincerity, second wealth comes, he begins to, he can forget Hashem, this is why they're not giving him a blessing. Because you see that now he's occupied with his panasa all day. And not looking up to the heaven, telling HaKadosh Baruch Hu to save him. So we see here what can happen to a person. Just a little small story to, to write in between the lines here. And Rabbanu teaches us, David Amar, David Amelech writes in Tehillim, chapter 139, We've seen this verse in lesson 6. If I send it to heaven, there you are. Meaning, even in the heaven, there is God. And every single ascent you need to find HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We also find that with regard to Elisha, meaning Elisha, who's Akher, uh, Elisha ben Avoya, who's Akher, he went up to the heaven and he threw a divine name. And nonetheless, when he arrived there, he denied in the principle that God is one. He denied that HaKadosh Baruch He literally went up to heaven and saw HaKadosh Baruch Hu's throne and still denied him. To show you that literally this is not a simple matter. When you ascend up, it doesn't mean that you are clearer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You have to find Hashem in every ascent. And the, the, the matter is strange. Because on the contrary, the certain the more you grow, the closer you are to godliness. Because all goodness is God. Is godliness. It says, God is good to all. And yet, we see the opposite. When a person comes to wealth, which is good. Then he forgets God. So how is it even possible? How is it that Elisha ben Avuya can ascend up and yet deny God after he goes up to, through this ascent? And Rabbeinu teaches us, know this, this is the aspect of what is brought down in Bereshit, chapter 27. His eyes grew dim and could not see. Why did his eyes grow dim? Because this person who's growing closer to Hakadosh Baruch it's not necessarily that you're coming closer to the clarity of godliness. Sometimes you come closer to the light because you come close to the light of godliness. Then the light dims your eyes and harms you. As if a person sees directly the light of the sun. The light of the sun will damage your eyes. But there's the aspect of segor, the, the vowel point, which is called segor. It's three dots. It's like a, an upside-down triangle. Two dots on the top, um, side by side, and then one dot in the middle, right at the bottom. It's a segor. When it's between the two arms of the king. And what does that mean? 
this is the aspect of what is brought down in Shemot chapter 33. Uh, and I'll shield you with my palm. I'll shield you with my palm. Because without this, the power of the glory's light would have harmed Moshe Rabbeinu in his ascent. As it says, Because no man could see me and live. And you saw my back. Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu. And this is exactly what David was asking of God. And receive me after glory. Meaning what? Bring me closer with the closeness of Moshe Rabbeinu. That he asked of you, Please show me your honor. And you showed him the back of your honor. Like it says, you shielded me with your palm, and I'll shield you with my palm. God writes, and you shall see my back. He tells Moshe Rabbeinu, meaning so that the light is not too strong to harm Moshe. And David and was asking the same thing about Therefore, when things do not go as planned for a person, this is opposed will. This is when you're opposing. God's will. What does it mean? When things go not as planned. It's opposed will. You want something and the thing is going exactly the opposite way. This is the aspect of war. Because every single war is opposed will. It's when things go chaotic. Things go in a chaotic fashion. This is what it says. When you go out to war. Meaning what? When things go unplanned for you, against your will. Meaning when there's opposed will, when you want something and it's going the opposite way. What does it say in the verse? Hashem delivers them into your hand. What does that mean? That for all things to nullify their will before your will, that that it should go according to the plan that you want. According to the order that you want, according to your will, when is this? Rabban was saying, How should you do this? As it finishes off in the verse. When you take some uh, captive. What does that mean to take captive? Meaning, when you are in the aspect of ma, what? When you draw to yourself godliness, in the expanded letter of Aleph, in numerical value of Adam, Ma. This is the explanation of the word Ma. Think what? Ma. It's Adam. It's this Keseder. Meaning what? Ma. Think about Ma. What? What does that mean? When you bind his godliness to your thought constantly. And this is what it says in Shira Shirim. A king bound in the tresses, in the locks. What does that mean? Inside the rafters of your mind. Meaning think about God. Bring God into your mind. Take captive God in your mind. And this is what it says. You shall take captive. You should take the what, which is the godliness. The yud kevavke. You should take Hashem godliness into your thoughts. You should bind your thoughts to godliness. 
You should bind godliness within your thoughts. Because everything which is, comes from a very lofty place is called Shvi, captive. It says, You ascended up on high, and you took a captive. Meaning, when you go up on high and you take something from on high, it's called a captive. And then, once you take God, who comes from the Most High, and you bring Him into your mind, and you take Him almost as captive, and you bring Ma into your thoughts, what happens? All the wars, all the opposition of will will be nullified uh, um, vis-a-vis your will. And everything will go as planned. And this secret is hinted in the book Etz Chaim of the Arizal, the introduction in the, in the 19th principle. And in the Kavanot of Rosh Chodesh Elul, over there we see the secret. Rabbeinu teaches us in the most awesome fashion how to um, stop opposed will and how to actually make things go according to the way that you want them to. In a holy fashion, of course, taking God into captive in your mind, basically, and bringing God into your mind, constantly binding your thoughts to God with this idea. So, uh, may we have the merit to really do so and to nullify all that that vis-a-vis our Raton.